boy, Brad Stark. Welcome into the Roto Lounge. It's time to start looking at current NFL players and who we need to target in our dynasty leagues. I'm starting a series where I'm going to break down every NFL team, look at the players on those rosters, identify players maybe we should target to buy low or potentially sell high. Today's episode is going to be on the Jacksonville Jaguars, the worst team in the NFL. We're going to start there and move on down up into the best teams in the league once the Super Bowl is over. But before we get started on Jacksonville, let's go ahead and pour our drink. If you're not familiar with the Roto Lounge, we talk fantasy football as well as drink bourbon whiskey. Always start the episode with a nice pour. So let's go ahead and get that. If you're drinking tonight, go ahead and get yours and I'll meet you back here on the flip side. Today I'm drinking the Barrel Proof uh, uh, from Heaven Hills, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Bourbon. This is batch A121, and it comes in at 123.6 proof. Now, I know you all like when I have the ice, and you can hear the ice, you know, rattle around in the glass, but I enjoy drinking some of this Barrel Proof without ice. I don't like it chilled. I like it warm. I like to feel that burn. I like to feel that proof. But don't let anybody judge you for the way you drink your whiskey. The good thing about bourbon whiskey or any whiskey of that matter is that you can enjoy it the way you prefer and don't worry about what anybody says. So let's go ahead and pop this Elijah Craig and let's get started. Championship. So this Elijah Craig barrel proof is released three times a year. The first one of the year is A. And that's uh, the beginning of the year. And it, the, the year is, so it's A121 is the January of 2021. There's also a B521, which is the middle of the year. And there's a C921, which is the end of the year. All three typically come out at different proof points straight from the barrel. All three have different flavor profiles. Um, and tonight I'm gonna enjoy this nice pour for you while we talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. So here's to you and here's to me, cheers. Oh, that is a good, good bourbon. You get the vanilla and the charred barrel and graham crackers and chocolate and a little bit of orange peel. Such a terrific, a terrific pour, this A121. But on to Jacksonville Jaguars, who I can't say any positive things about as far as their record. They were 3-14 and 14 in 2021. They are going to be... Picking with the first pick in the NFL draft for the second consecutive years. And if you go back to 2000, there's only been one other team that picked first overall in two consecutive seasons. It wasn't the Oakland Raiders after they drafted Jamarcus Russell. It wasn't the Houston Texans after they drafted Derek Carr. It wasn't the Cincinnati Bengals. It wasn't the Detroit Lions. It wasn't any of those teams. It was the Cleveland Browns who drafted Miles Garrett, picked number one uh, in the first the first pick of the draft the next year, took Baker Mayfield with that pick. 
So for the Jacksonville Jaguars to have the first overall pick in back-to-back years, that is epic suckiness. That is, you know, terrible coaching, terrible game planning, just terrible ownership, just terrible uh, from the ground up. And and hopefully Jacksonville can bring in a coach. They they you know they signed Urban Meyer. Uh, that was a failed experiment. He didn't even last the full season before he was uh, released from his contract. Did not seem to really have an NFL feel to be a successful franchise. So looking at some of Jacksonville's draft picks going in the draft, their first four rounds, right? Those are the rounds that we're really hoping for fantasy football skill positions, right? They have the first overall pick. They have the first overall pick in the second round. They have two third round picks, number 65 and number 70. And they have the 103rd pick in the draft in the fourth round. So they have some some opportunity to take some players that we could use in fantasy. I don't think they're going to go with the skill position with the number one overall pick. Um, I would imagine that's either going to be an offensive lineman to protect uh, Trevor Lawrence or uh, a pass rusher, someone on the other side of the ball to force pressure on the opposing quarterback. Uh, But we could see someone on the first pick of the second round. um, And we'll get into more of that later. So right now we don't know who their head coach is, right? Urban Meyer was the head coach. Uh, Daryl Bevel, the offensive coordinator, was promoted um, or he was released. So he's not going to be back. Um, So we don't know what Jacksonville is going to do. So it's really important uh, that they get, in my opinion, an offensive minded head coach or really strong, um, young, creative offensive coordinator to really put some of these pieces in positions to be successful. And so we can really see that impact on our dynasty teams. If you look at 2021, according to NFL.com, some of the fantasy points uh, from this team, uh, again, this this isn't PPR, this is NFL.com standard scoring. Trevor Lawrence was the number one player on this team. Obviously, he was the quarterback. He played every single game. Uh, He finished the year with 216 points. That averaged out to like 12 and a half points per fantasy or per, per start, which is very, very underwhelming. I think he finished as quarterback 25. Um, showed glimpses at times, uh, but was just out of his league as far as scheming and, and offensive game plan. Um, and the talent around him just wasn't there for him to be uh, a producer at the NFL level. Uh, the second highest score on the team was James Robinson. Obviously, Travis Etienne went down early with a Liz Frank injury in preseason. Uh, James Robinson finished with 142.9 standard fantasy points, was the leading rusher for Jacksonville last year. Uh, Marvin Jones was the leading receiver at 107.2. And then fourth was Matthew Wright. The kicker for Jacksonville was the fourth highest scoring player on the franchise, which just shows how bad this team was for fantasy points. Um, after Matthew Wright was LaVisca Sinault, a second-year wide receiver that a lot of us had hopes for that would really break out, just didn't do it his second year. Uh, is that a knock on him, or is it a knock on the coaching staff putting him in position to be successful? Um, that is to be determined. And then following that up is the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, who had 62 fantasy points. That is a rough group of scoring. When your defense is the, the sixth-highest score on the team, that is pretty bad Um, you don't even have like backup running backs backup wide receivers it goes to Jacksonville defense who scored 62 fantasy points so 
let's put 2021 behind us and let's look at future future studs on this team that we might want to target or if we have either sell high or sit tight or just cut bait and move on the first one is trevor lawrence obviously trevor lawrence was the first overall pick last year the highest rated quarterback coming out of high school when he came out by 247 sports led clemson to a championship in his true freshman season i believe his only three losses uh, were a game and i don't even know if he lost a game in high school but he lost two playoff games at clemson uh, and then this year he's you know lost 14 games so he's not a player that's used to losing he has all the skills necessary to be a stud at the nfl level i personally scouted him i reviewed his tape his career at uh, Clemson, I feel like he is going to be a top 10 dynasty quarterback easily. Um, but like I said earlier, last year he averaged 12 and a half points per game. But there is optimism moving forward. If you look at the final week of the season, all right, the Indianapolis Colts traveled to Jacksonville in a game they had to win to make the playoffs, right? Carson Wentz had been starting for them all season. He had to hit a certain uh, criteria of offensive snaps, and they would forfeit their number one pick to the Philadelphia Eagles that was triggered prior to this game so they're all in on Carson Wentz they're all in on the playoffs they had to win this game at Jacksonville they went to Jacksonville and the Jaguars upset them and it's no coincidence that Trevor Lawrence had his best game of the season uh, statistically and this was also without Urban Meyer on the sidelines so, you know, you could paint a picture where Urban Meyer was the reason that Trevor Lawrence was being held back this season. Um, but he almost doubled his average of fantasy points, right? He finished with almost 22 fantasy points this game. He had a 71.9 completion percentage, which is excellent. A 111 uh, passer rating. He passed for 223 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks, right? So that gave him around 22 fantasy points, beating his normal average of 12 and a half, right? So we want a fantasy quarterback that's going to average for us 20, 21, 25, those type of fantasy points. So Trevor Lawrence has shown that he can do that. What he needs is he needs some weapons around him. He needs a good coaching staff. I would even like to see him have a veteran come in and just kind of help be his eyes during the game that can kind of help him uh, diagnose coverages, uh, look at what maybe he had made a mistake on. He needs someone to help him on the sideline. So I'd love to see Jacksonville bring a veteran in to just kind of help him uh, see the field, you know, when he comes to the sidelines and can kind of review some of the plays. Now, right now, Lawrence is my fifth-ranked dynasty quarterback. Yes, that is high. I have him very high. Uh, I believe in his skills. Uh, I believe he's an NFL starter for the next 10-plus seasons. Uh, but I do believe that he needs weapons around him and a good coaching staff. So if they bring in another dud coaching staff and we have another down season for Trevor Lawrence, I'm going to be really, really bummed. But I think that he has potential to be a top-five dynasty quarterback. And if you don't believe that, uh, you should believe that he's at least a top 10 dynasty quarterback uh, in the NFL. Now, like I said, I think it all comes down to the coaching staff, the weapons that they surround him with. But I do believe, I have a strong belief that 
Trevor Lawrence has the dedication. He has all the tools to be an elite performer at the NFL level. So I'll look forward to seeing who that NFL coach might be. Next up is Travis Etienne. He was the 25th uh, overall pick. Um, he is, you know, 22 years old, or he turns 23 at the end of this month, January. He'll be 23 years old, taken as the 25th pick in the NFL draft. However, he did injure his Liz Frank. Uh, he had to have surgery, ending his season before it even began. Um, now, if he returns healthy, he should get every chance to prove himself with 2021 starter James Robinson getting injured himself. Because if you remember, Robinson tore his Achilles week 16 in a loss to the New York Jets. Um, he was the Jaguars' leading rusher uh, with 767 yards. He also had uh, 979 total yards of offense. So it's a huge blow to the Jaguars' offense. But that will open up our opportunity for uh, Travis Etienne to come in. Now, James Robinson tore his Achilles, the same injury that we saw Cam Akers recently return from after he suffered that same injury six months ago. Now, Robinson has a similar recovery. He should be back in time for OTAs, but how impactful he's going to be is yet to be determined. It could take him a while. Uh, he could come in and, and be really uh, productive, uh, but time will tell how he recovers from that injury. Um, now, if you are worried about ETN's injury, his Liz Frank injury, um, I did a quick Google search, and you can do it yourself, what previous NFL running back sustained a Liz Frank injury. Um, there are a few that had positive recoveries. There are a few that had, you know, injuries that basically ended their career. They were never the same because Liz Frank injuries typically are known to uh, sap a lot of the explosiveness um, from the players. So you see a lot of running backs who have Liz Frank injuries really kind of suffer from a production standpoint because they lose a lot of that explosiveness. Now, like I mentioned, ETN's going to be 23 years old, so he's young. He's at the beginning of his career, uh, so he has a chance to kind of overcome that injury. So based on what you believe, Travis ETN could be a player that you should you know, want to target in your dynasty leagues. Now, I, I would imagine that... Um, you know, most players who drafted ETN with the first round pick in the rookie drafts aren't going to come off him necessarily easily uh, if you put the right package together. But I would definitely not pay high for him because he could he could struggle his first season back. And that would also open up a buying opportunity where we could buy him potentially lower than what we're paying for now. You know, if he comes back, struggles a little bit, some owners might, you know, have lose patience with him and just say, I'm, I'm just ready to move on. You know, we could, you know, target that and, and, and buy him and then, you know, maybe wait till 2024 and really have our expectations for 2024 or 2025. You know, by then he'll still only be 25 years old. Um, so be patient with Travis Etienne. If you want to buy him, I wouldn't buy high unless you want to let things play out and see um, what what he becomes after this injury. LaVisca Sonault is the third player that I think we should look at when targeting potential dynasty assets uh, from the Jaguars. Now, LaVisca Sonault is a do-it-all athlete. Uh, he has not yet seemed to capitalize on the opportunity that he's got in Jacksonville. They really don't have a lot of 
talent surrounding him. I mean, there's Marvin Jones, Laquan Treadwell actually broke out. Um, well, he had a decent season. Um, but you know, Chanel is an intimidating presence. He's six foot one, 225 pounds. He was never really, you know, able to convert that size to the field. He had one good game in 2021. Uh, where he had six receptions for 99 yards. He had one carry for 11 yards. Um, you know, that is the type of talent we're looking for. Because uh, 15 points through the air, you know, uh, one point on the ground. So, you know, a 16-point fantasy game, throw a touchdown in there, you're looking at, you know, a 22-point fantasy game. Those are the type of games we're looking for from LaVisca Sinault. But in PPR formats, he only scored 124 fantasy points um, and, and I think that it's not really a coincidence that the Jags have the number one overall pick two years in a row because the coaches didn't put these players in positions um, to be successful uh, I think Chanel has the tools to be successful I think you're looking at an uh, Anquan Bolden type player a Debo Samuel type player uh, one of those guys who can drag across the middle who can take handoffs screens uh, I don't think he's that alpha type receiver that's going to get out there and run routes for you uh, but I think he's going to be the guy where you get the ball in his hands, let him run a people, a couple people over, let him get a first down here and there. So we really want to see an offensive coordinator come in and really uh, give him uh, opportunity to really claim that role and really thrive on just one of those yards after the catch players, getting the ball, let him make plays. Um, and we'll see how that translates. I think he's a really good buy low because even in 2021, I think he was a buy low because he had a disappointing rookie season. Now you might even have players or fantasy owners that are really just ready to get off of LaVisca Sinault, move on, offer a third-round pick for him. If you can get him for a third-round pick, that might not be enough, um, but a late second in the 2022 draft, I would probably take LaVisca Sonault over players at the end of the second round in our fantasy drafts this year. Um, Non-super flex because obviously some talent's going to fall because of quarterbacks. But in a single quarterback league, if you can get LaVisca Sonault for a late second, any third, any fourth, I would jump on that and just kind of sit on him and see if Jacksonville can bring some coaches in and some players that are really going to create opportunity for him to be uh, an everyday starter for us or a flex player. Uh, or wide receiver three. All right, let's take another swig of this 123 proof. Elijah Craig, cheers. All right, now let's talk about positions of need for the Jaguars. They're going to go out in free agency. They're going to go out into the draft. They're going to look for players that they need to improve their roster. And we're looking at really just offensive skill players that are going to help us in our fantasy leagues. Uh, and the first one, I think, is wide receiver. You know, Marvin Jones was their leading receiver this year. He signed a two-year deal. He's entering 2022. I believe he has a $5 million salary, also $5 million dead cap hit. So I can't imagine they're going to release him. So he's probably going to come back for one more season. So I, I do think the wide receiver is a need for this team. DJ Chark is entering a free agency. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, so he could re-sign in Jacksonville or he could test free agency and see where he goes. I'm not quite sure what the suitors are going to be for him, seeing that he's been injured two years in a row. He may just re-sign with Jacksonville because he knows the area, understands the franchise. We'll see where he goes. But even if he does re-sign, 
I would like to see Jacksonville take a wide receiver early who could turn into an alpha because I don't think it's DJ Chark and I don't think it's LaVisca Sonault, but I would like to see them grab a potential player to be that alpha wide receiver. Now, they have the top pick in the second round, which is I think is a good spot where they could draft a wide receiver. If you think about last year, the Jets had the second pick in the draft. In the second round, they took Elijah Moore to help out Zach Wilson. The year before that, the Bengals had the first pick in the second round. They took T. Higgins to help uh, Joe Burrow. So I would love to see Jacksonville take a wide receiver at the top of the second round. Now, two receivers that I think could be available at the 2-1 uh, for Jacksonville to take are former Georgia Bulldog wide receiver George Pickens and former USC Trojan Drake London. Both are tall wide receivers. Uh, George Pickens is 6'3", 200. Drake London is 6'5". I think they're, they're, they're deep threats, but they're also possession receivers. I think they could complement the shifty Chenault on offense and really take coverage away uh, from other positions with the safety uh, spying on that wide receiver. I think both of them have talent to be uh, a potential alpha. Now, we're still breaking down their film and breaking down their analytical profile. But off tape, I've seen, I would actually prefer George Pickens, but I can see them also going after a Drake London because he's a big target for Trevor Lawrence. Um, but those are two possibly targets for Jacksonville. They could also look at another wide receiver if someone fell uh, at the top of the second round. For instance, if a Traylon Burks fell, I don't think he's going to fall. And I think he's kind of in that similar role as a LaVisca Sinault. Um, but I, I hope that Jacksonville will target one of the best wide receivers on the board when when that 2-1 comes up. Um, unless another stud at a defense position falls or off in the line. Um, they have two third round picks which I don't think you're going to find an alpha at that, but I guess you potentially could. Uh, if George Pickens somehow falls to the third round, uh, and, and that would be tremendous value for them to get him in the third round, I think that would be excellent value for them. But time will tell. I think they need a wide receiver. I think running back is also a position of need. Now, we talked about Travis Etienne, and he is expected to be the future of the franchise, but Jacksonville may take a flyer on a, on a running back late in the draft. Uh, and you can keep your eye on prospects that that maybe you'll get early playing time if ETN isn't fully recovered and James Robinson isn't fully recovered. You got Raquel Armstead there. You have Dare Agunabale or whatever his name is. He's there. Uh, nobody that's really a threat to anybody. Carlos Hyde. So Jacksonville may take a flyer on a running back, and depending on who it is, you know, he could have a potential impact in Dynasty League. So we want to keep our eye on any running back that Jacksonville uh, drafts as well. And then the tight end position, right? The Jags were going to have, you know, the tight end as a big presence on the offense under Urban Meyer. He's since been fired. But, you know, who really knows uh, what the philosophy of the new Jaguars head coach is going to be? We've seen Mark Andrews, we've seen TJ Hawkinson, we've seen Kyle Pitts become focal points of their offense. So could the Jaguar coach target a tight end uh, to be a focal point on offense? Now, I don't think that there's really studs in this class, and I haven't really dived in, but I, there's none that stick out like we saw last year with Pat Firemuth and Kyle Pitts early on in the draft process. Um, there's a few, and, and I'll name those in my, my breakdown of tight ends, but I think the 2023 class uh, could be a potential where you could see 
Um, you know, guys like the Notre Dame, Michael Meyer from Notre Dame come out. Uh, and you can see some other tight ends come out and really be uh, studs at the next level. I do believe Ohio State's tight end Jeremy Ruckert is coming out. I think he has potential to be good. I got to break some of these players down and really see what they bring. But if Jacksonville drafts a tight end early in the draft and he looks like a player that could be an offensive weapon, we definitely want to take notice and potentially add them in our fantasy drafts. So that's really all I have, right? We break down Jacksonville players that we should target on their team already. Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, LaVisca Sonault. Let's look at who they draft, alpha wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. Focus on getting Trevor Lawrence in your dynasty league. If you can buy Trevor Lawrence low, this is the lowest you're going to be able to buy him. Um, and to be able to get a franchise quarterback as cheap as you can probably get him right now is an absolute must do. Must do. Inquire from your league mates. See what they want for Trevor Lawrence. See what they want for Tra Travis Etienne. See what they want for LaVisca Sonault. See if you can buy those players low. We love buying low. Because if we miss, it doesn't cost us as much as if we buy them high. You never want to buy high because if you miss, it's going to set your team back a few years. And my philosophy is we never rebuild. We always get stronger every season. But you can't do that if you trade valuable draft picks or you trade valuable players and take flyers on players. So we want to focus on those buying low windows. And I think right now Trevor Lawrence is at a buy-low window. I think LaVisca Sonata is at a very buy-low window. Travis Etienne is lower than what he was drafted at, but I can't imagine teams are going to give up on him this quickly. So always inquire. If you feel like it's a good value for you, jump on it, and we'll see what happens. Again, if you have any questions, you can find me on Twitter at Roto Lounge. Follow me on Patreon at Roto Lounge. Follow the YouTube channel. I'm going to have a video version of this breaking this down. We're going to have every single team. Next up is the number two team in the draft. I think that might be Detroit. I'm not, not quite sure. But I will break down the next team, and we'll get after it, and we'll identify all these players we need to target in our fantasy league. So until next time, this has been your boy Brad Starks drinking on this Elijah Craig Barrel Proof A121. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time. Cheers.